a lot going on south of the line. American politics does tend to dominate uh, sort of the Canadian media scene and our attention to a, a predominant degree than it does in the reverse. Uh, as you watch this ongoing situation with uh, U.S. President Donald Trump and, and the Russia investigation and now charges around uh, people like Michael Cohen, Paul Manafort, uh, the list goes on of people who are in trouble in the, on the ongoing Mueller investigation. From a, from a lawyer perspective, I know there's two sides. There's the law side and then the political fallout side. But from a law side, uh, how much trouble is Mr. Trump in in all this so far? Well, I mean, I think the short answer is a lot. Um, however, uh, I don't think Mr. Trump is ever going to be indicted. He will likely never see the inside of a jail time. But the political pressure that will be brought to bear as a result of this will event- likely remove him from office um, before, you know, before the end of his term, if the Democrats are able to um, succeed in recapturing the House of Representatives and getting the balance of power in the Senate as well. If not, all bets are off. Why Why not? I mean, a lot of people, uh, you would know obviously more about the intricacies of law than I would, but some yeah. some sort of casual PB watchers from the bench might look at this and say, well, why wouldn't he face charges? Why wouldn't he be indicted? All right, so these are. this is an extremely good question, and people are absolutely right to ask that uh, question. So I'll explain it to your listeners. Um, reason is because, basically, for starters, it's not 100% agreed by American legal scholars, by American constitutional lawyers, that a a sitting president can't be indicted. There are certainly lawyers who have the opinion, and I share, actually, that opinion, that if a lawyer can't be, or if a president, a sitting president, can't be indicted, either in connection with crimes that they've carried out well in office or in order to get into office, then that makes a mockery of the rule of law, and so that that would be fundamentally kind of against ethos of American uh, democracy and American values. So I think that it would be possible to indict a president, and there are other legal scholars who agree with me. But the dominant position in the United States, and most importantly, the position that's obeyed, that's, that is taken up in the policy of the Justice Department, who would in this case be doing the indictment, is that a sitting president can't be indicted. Now, that argument, um, even though I think a sitting president can and should be indicted under certain circumstances, it is an argument which makes sense, because the way the Founding Fathers designed the Constitution was so that a president's oversight would be in the legislative branch, that the job of overseeing um, the president's you know, uh, conduct uh, and his capacity or her capacity and her conduct was solely in the hands of the legislative branch. So the measure for a president who's acted illegally, who's committed what the Constitution describes as high crimes and misdemeanors, is for uh, the Congress to introduce articles of impeachment and then for the person to have a... Um, a trial, which is presided over by the Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court in the Senate, okay? And then if they're convicted at that trial, then they are removed from office, and then after that, few would disagree that it is, it would be indictment, in pre- it probably in practical terms wouldn't happen, but it could. No. Oh. So is Mr. is Mr. Trump then uh, once his term runs out or he's voted out of office, is he then uh, v- more vulnerable on the legal side? How does that play out? Well, okay, first, let's say this, is that it's, there's a lot of what-ifs in there. I think that if, if the Democrats are able to recapture the House of Representatives and they're able to recapture Senate, it, whether they do or not, you know, is an open question. Um, you know, political scientists and, and, you know, prognosticators don't all agree on the likelihood, but there's a, there's a chance, there's a good chance he will if that intensity occurs on that side, then they will be in a very strong position to remove him. But if they don't have that majority, though, it's, there's no reason to believe that the Republican leadership is going to stop acting cravenly and that they'll keep him in place, and then he'll have to run in another election. Now, when and if, but, so he's, but he's seriously in political jeopardy, if not 
you know, um, in jeopardy of jail time, for example. I mean, that he, he is very much in jeopardy of removal through impeachment. And under normal circumstances, I think, uh, had this been 20 or 30 years in the past, even the Republicans would have moved to impeach. It's a real sign of the times that this has become politicized the way that it has. But certainly once Mr. Trump is out of office, yeah, he could be vulnerable for all kinds of criminal charges. And as you mentioned at the top of your segment, um, you know, many of his, there's been many, many indictments of high-ranking people in his campaigns, aides, uh, former member, you know, uh, uh, former members of the National Security Council, his own campaign manager, his own lawyer, um, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a very serious situation. Indeed, it's even more serious than the situation that was faced by Nixon when he, he decided to resign preemptively. So he's in a lot of trouble. Uh, the question is, you know, um, will he be, will he get removed from office through impeachment or not? That's really the first question. But impeachment is the mechanism that the president, that is used to keep the president behaving within the boundaries of the law. It's up to the, it's up to the um, Congress to exercise that oversight. If they do not exercise that oversight, or they could be judged very harshly by history. Let's flip the question. Uh, what about Mr. Trump's impact on the rule of law itself? He's uh, wielding his Twitter account like a club, uh, bashing his own attorney general, uh, sort of inciting his base. But uh, what kind of impact does that have when a sitting president is behaving this way on, on the rule of law itself? Well, I mean, it's, it doesn't have a good impact, um, I, of course. Um, but I will say this, that there are aspects of the American legal system, aspects of the rule of law in the United States, which have been corroded um, in the last 20 or, 20 or so years um, by more and more conservative Supreme Court that really predate uh, Mr. Trump's um, you know, being in place. And, for example, one of, those, uh, one of those decisions is a case called Citizens United, which basically allows any amount of corporate spending um, and um, uh, of any amount whatsoever to be spent on politics under the guise of it being a First Amendment or free speech issue. Um, and so that's already kind of corrupted the system. It's really skewed um, the, you know, who can run and you know, what the issues are and how the public sees the debate. And there have been a number of other judgments which have done a lot to sort of take away from controls on the president to make the president more and more um, sort of autonomous and uh, beyond review. So one of the things going to happen after this presidency, likely, is that there will be all kinds of new laws which are passed in order to put checks on the president. So, for example, to require him or her to release their tax returns, um, even possibly to control the, um, the way um, a response to a potential nuclear attack work to loop in other individuals rather than having the president solely in charge. So what we're seeing is that the way the Supreme Court has liberated the president from any restraints because it's been dominated by conservatives, and this happened particularly under, in the George Bush era, but it certainly also happened in the Obama era, is that the president is now too powerful. I think everybody recognizes that if somebody, if the wrong person, wrong judgment gets in there, they can do a lot of damage, and there are reasons to enhance the controls on presidents. So eventually I think there will be some reforms around that. But America's been coming down this road, and its political system has been, I think, you know, in decline in some ways, and seeing some kinds of, uh, this, this kind of form of... Um, of dysfunction, you know, long before Mr. Trump became elected, and in effect, the writing was on the wall. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I'm kind of curious from your your legal perspective: Is Mr. Trump's use of Twitter and and the content of what he's tweeting itself, whether he's uh, bashing Jeff Sessions or weighing in on James Comey or whatever, is he increasing his own legal jeopardy there? Yes, I think so. I think one of the things that's interesting about um, about about Donald Trump is if you look at who his legal team is, he's had some very good lawyers. Some of them have exited stage left, 
But most of the, he doesn't have a lot of the people who would be the first people who would come to mind for those in the know working for a president. And I think I'm speculating here, but the likely reason is no lawyer, no matter who your client is, wants to work for somebody who won't listen to them and just does what they think is best. So I guarantee you any lawyer in their right mind would the first thing they would advise Mr. Trump is to stop making extemporaneous comments about the Mueller investigation, about his own attorney general, about anything like that on Twitter, because um, eventually um, that can be you know, used as, ev- as evidence in a case of obstruction of justice against him, right? Um, but I will tell, again, just so that your listeners have a fully rounded view, the partisanship of the Supreme Court of the United States is a significant factor as well. Remember that on Mr. Trump's travel ban, um, that got stopped in the courts all the way along, and several versions of it had to come through before it survived, largely because what um, the parties opposing the travel ban were saying is his comments about immigrants on the campaign trail in his tweets suggest that this is a race-based um, identification of Muslim people where he's saying it's not. So that was significant evidence there. However, at the end of the day, the Supreme Court of the United States did agree on an only slightly um, refined travel ban. So, you know, their willingness to uphold what this president uh, does shouldn't is a big question. And it, it looms over us as we think of Brent Kavanaugh, who's been, of course, nominated to take a seat on the Supreme Court of the United States and is known for, by the way, being outspoken about um, the, the installation of the executive from judicial review. So one could imagine a situation in the future where Mr. Trump's, for example, willing unwillingness to provide um, to, to, to speak with um, Bob Mueller is being reviewed by the Supreme Court of the United States, and the tiebreaker is Brent Kavanaugh, right? So there's a lot of things about the system that are not working, that are coming to a point of total crisis here. Of course, being um, a president who makes policy by tweet and communicates solely by tweet is unheard of. Nobody's ever used the technology like that. What it's resulted, though, in is people taking a lot less seriously what the President of the United States says and looking more through to back channels or to career diplomats or to other people to figure out exactly what the United States are doing. The trust and the authority of the presidency has been significantly eroded by this. But clearly the things he says in these tweets can be used as evidence against him, both in impeachment and possibly later in indictment or criminal trial. I would argue on the political side, there's some people who take his tweets too seriously as well. (laughs) But we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, Jeff, uh, hopefully we can touch base on this a little more regularly. It's nice to have uh, someone of your stature in town to talk about this and, and look forward to talking about this with you in the future. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.